Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Andre, and welcome to another episode of In Conversation With. And uh, today's episode, like I usually say, it's a special one, but this one really, really, really is. It's um, it's with this guy, Brandon Alexander. He is a uh, blogger. He is a gentleman. He is a business owner. He is an actor. And I actually just discovered him maybe a few months ago. You know, during the pandemic, I think we've all kind of been on a journey of introspection and finding out what's going on on the inside. And Brandon's one of those guys that I discovered on this journey. He's really somebody that's speaking to being the modern day gentleman. He's he's on a mission to build better men and discussing what it means to be a gentleman and how to treat yourself and how to treat your fellow uh, man and how to treat women and how to treat young kids and things like that. And I thought his messaging was incredible. Uh, I discovered him through um, one of my mentors. I wouldn't consider him a, kind of a digital mentor, Julian Mitchell. We get into that. Um, but this is a great episode. We really talk about what it means to be a gentleman. What does that mean? And what does it mean to be a gentleman in the 21st century, right? Like, is, is chivalry dead? Are good men dead? Is there such thing as a healthy relationship? We get into all of that and more. Plus, we talk about vulnerability. We talk about intimacy. We talk about what started this journey of self-discovery in the first place, right? Like what would lead a man to look inward and to find out who they are and what they're doing and what they're providing to the world and how that is factoring into the experiences that they're having. So, you know, strap in, I get vulnerable, I get intimate, and uh, I hope it I hope it generates a conversation because I think it's a conversation that needs to happen. So check it out. Episode 14, In Conversation with Dre. This is with Brandon Alexander, founder and creator of New Age Gents. Check it out at New Age Gents on Instagram, New Age Gents on YouTube, and uh, New Age Gents, the website. That's N-E-W-A-G-E, Gents, G-E-N-T-S. Thanks. Peace. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of In Conversation With. I'm joined by a very special guest today, uh, somebody who I discovered a few months ago through one of my mentors who I just realized you're really good friends with, Brandon Alexander. Thanks for being on the show with me today, man. Thank you so much for having me, man. It's been a good morning. Everything they didn't hear on this conversation <laughs> was really, really good. <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny. Like you were saying, the the internet is this vast pool that anybody could just meet anybody from anywhere. And you're in LA, I'm in Toronto. I discovered you through the internet and here we are, we have so much in common. I'm sure there's a lot more we have in common that we haven't even discovered, but it's, it's a beautiful thing, this internet thing. Yeah, and we're able to share time, even though our time differences are, are not the same. We're able to share a moment. And, I, and that's what I was thinking about when you said Toronto and you're three hours ahead and I'm in LA and I'm just waking up that your day's already going. But then mm -hmm. when two people have an agreement to stand in, in time, none of that matters because mm -hmm. all you have is that moment you're sharing with that person. I think it's absolutely beautiful. It is. It is. And there's speaking of sharing, there is so much that I want to get into with you. <laughs> there is literally so much that I want to talk to you about. First thing yeah. though, is 
Julian Mitchell. Now, the way that I discovered you is we were talking about this sort of in the pre-interview is I discovered you through Julian Mitchell. I discovered Julian Mitchell just by happenstance, if that even exists, you know, there's no such thing as coincidence, but I discovered him through Complex Hustle. I absolutely fell in love with his, his writing and Forbes and, you know, Revolt and everything that he's done. He posted you one day and I see new age gents and men, men talking shift and all these different things that you're doing. And I absolutely love the content. What's your connection like with Julian Mitchell and, and has he, or how did he help you kind of launch new age gents? Oh man. Um, I think everyone in life needs someone to just push a little air beneath their wing. Uh, it doesn't even have to be a full blown storm, but just a little bit of wind, I think can really get someone going. And Julian did that for me. We had a previous relationship through church and, and, and really, you know, similar circles. And uh, at a certain time in life, as you say, happenstance, there's no coincidence. He happened to have a massive blog that he was managing um, called The Love Project. And it was one of the first large platforms that I had seen on social media. And this is in 2012. And it wasn't a thing. Like having a mass amount of followers and audience in social media was not a thing. And I was writing some stuff that was very similar to what he put out. There was an alignment there. We had, a, we had a very quick exchange. He shared some content. That turned into a conversation. That conversation turned into, can I write for you? That right, can I write for you turned into a no. That no turned into new age gents. Love it. And I, there's a beauty in someone telling you no so that you can see the yes. Mm -hmm. You know? I'm not, the, the, you writing for this platform is not the thing that I can see for you. You're seeing so right now, temporary, let me just do this. But I'm saying what you have can create an entire platform, an entire mission around this idea you want to talk about and you want to stand for. And that's what he did for me. He helped me to see the bigger picture. And that in itself is a gift because that tells you that he has the confidence in you to be able to create a platform. Cause if you were someone else, he might say, sure, you can write for me, or, you know, maybe you should need to get some more writing skill, whatever it is. Right. Right. But he actually saw something in you and said, you could build this yourself. Just go do it yourself. And you did yeah. it. And, and, and here we are. Here we are. It's, it has been the wildest of rides from meeting people from literally everywhere in the world, Thailand, Germany, Spain, Italy, Russia, Berlin, uh, New Zealand, um, podcasts with people from different places in the world, going to Vancouver for certain things. It's just been like, I love Canada, by the way, <laughs> like a quick plug. <laughs> Canada is legit. Like, Speak, speaking of plug, we, let's yeah. just remind everybody real quick. <laughs> <laughs> let's just remind everybody real quick. 2019. <laughs> Sorry, year, baby. <laughs> so I, yeah, I, I, I love uh canadians especially my country canadians who are all about the western lifestyle horseback riding and all i love my canadians but yeah, you ever been man, it's been you ever been to the so, calgary stampede it is on my bucket list you gotta go man <laughs> you gotta go man i i hear so i i've never actually been myself but i've heard so many things and you i mean we were talking you you said you're gonna ride the horses today which i want to get into later yeah. um you gotta go you gotta check it out dre let's just set it now <laughs> right here for the record okay. you and i two black men calgary stampede and that was supposed to be internalized that was supposed to be internalized I was... <laughs> let's 
Let's do it, man. Post-COVID, we set it up. Their first stampede back where they're allowing live live audience. Yeah. We're going to go to Calgary Stampede. I would would, candidate and we're going to do it. I would love to. I'd be honored. I have a friend in Edmonton. It's in Calgary is obviously where the stampede is, but Edmonton is like a couple hours away. So I have a friend to visit and we have a reason to go. We can meet and we can enjoy it, man. It's done. It's done. So you... um, so you, you started New Age Gents. I think it was about seven years ago we spoke about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know what it is. But for the people that are listening to this, maybe can you give us a little breakdown what it is, why you think it's important, and what's the objective of it? Absolutely. So New Age Gents is a platform that's building better men by discussing what it means to be a gentleman. And a lot of that came from this idea that in a time, it was really loud in society. There's no good men chivalry is dead it was really really loud the vibration of that was really loud and as a man I didn't feel attacked but I just didn't feel proud to be a man I was like what is this feeling like am I is it not okay to be a man today and what does that even mean and so I went on this journey of discovery and understanding that it's not the suit it's not the car you drive it's not about the lingerie it's not about the 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 supermodels it's not about the James Bond-ish idea of gentlemen. Uh, I've developed this kind of concept that I really try and live by, which is two words together, which is gentle man. And you can put anything with that kind man, loving man. Um, it's, it's a healthy version of masculinity, if you will, um, when you combine the two ideas and understand that masculinity is not just solid or hard or really direct or really cold. It is warm. It is loving. It is nurturing. It can be those things. And with New Age Gents, every post that I, I, I share or the content that I create or the conversations I have, they're all my ways of having, giving people a look into my life and the way I'm trying to live, but also the evidence of what it can produce in other people, right? So even a man like yourself, we're having this conversation. We've been very vulnerable, very like, very warm. We've laughed a lot in a matter of minutes. To me, that's the evidence that men are, are, are understanding that it's okay to just trust and lean into a moment. It's okay to not have to try and fit in because you made some sexual joke. It's okay to not, you know, or make a homosexual joke towards another man to make him feel belittled or you're not man enough or you don't have a beard so you're a this or you're a that. It's how can you just connect with another human being in a very authentic, real and loving way? And to me, that is what the world is is asking for it's asking for that kind of man to show up in order for us to move forward as a society that's a really good breakdown thank you and and before we get too far into it thanks for putting out your content and starting this conversation because mm. one thing that i didn't mention to you earlier is that when i discovered you it was around the same time i started to look inward and i mm. think i think covid has forced us almost to think of what am I doing to cause the things that's happening in my life, right? What am I doing? Because everything that happens to you is, is, hap- is, is a reflection of, okay, this probably wouldn't happen to somebody else. So why is this happening to me? And it just happened to coincide with me doing that journey, going to therapy, talking to my friends in a, in a deeper, meaningful way, having more meaningful conversations with some of my female mm-hmm. friends. What do you think is the impact of that? Is, is looking inward instead of looking outward for what the problem is or what's happening to you? The answers are within and the evidence is outside of you. 
And that's what I believe about that. When you look inward, the answers are inside. The answers you're looking for are inside. And the evidence of whatever you're believing in those answers or lack thereof, you will see evidence in your life. A friend of mine from Canada, he's a radio show, he's a talk show host there. His name is Shane Hewitt. And we talk about the, the idea of clarity. When you look within, you have an opportunity to get clear and clarity on what am I putting into the world? How do I view myself? How am I loving? How am I showing up in my relationships? And can I see that around me? Can I see that in my friendships? Can I see that in that phone call? Can I see it in that post that I put out? Is it aligning with that deeper gut feeling of this is who I want to be? This is who I want to, is this truly who I am? Or am I, am I posturing? Is this performance? Am I putting on a mask to get approval? Am I seeking validation? When you look inside yourself, you will see that the, part, the, 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 the true validation and the, the validation I had to give myself was not for my dad. I'm constant, I was constantly seeking my father's validation in people. Tell me I'm good enough. Tell me I did it. Tell me that I'm an athlete. Tell me that I'm a good son. Tell me that you're strapping and, 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 and he's, he's, he, he, he's going to be a big one. The things that you would see that would give a young boy validation, I was seeking in other people and other uh, experiences. But when I got still and I got quiet and I went within, I could see that I could give that to me. I needed to give that to me. To simply say, hey, you're enough. And when I, when, I, when I gave myself that, it quieted so much chatter and so much negativity and so much clutter that was filling my mind of not good enough, not strong enough, not handsome enough, beard's not thick enough, not successful enough, not enough money in the bank, not enough, not enough, not enough. When I said that I am enough, those not enoughs became quieter and quieter and quieter and quieter and quieter until eventually the little boy and the man became one. And that's when I became at peace with myself. And the evidence of that is how now, how do I talk to people? And they say, wow, the way you talk to me, no one talks to me like that. Or wow, I couldn't believe you saw that in me. Or wow, this is because of presence. It's because you can see it in you. And when you see it in you, you can see it in someone else and, and you can speak to it from that internal place of knowing. I think you're absolutely right. You you do see it in other people. And it just it, it goes back to something that Julian Mitchell actually said. When when you change, so does everything else around you. And that's just that's just <laughs> mic drop. But yeah, that, that, that's it. That's right. It. And, and and it sounds like you've been on this journey for a little while now. I'm just start I'm just getting on the highway. But you know, I'm just I'm just I'm just merging onto the highway now. It sounds like you've been here for a little bit. What would you say to what would you say to the men who are not quite aware of this? Yeah, and you know they need to go. I think everybody needs to be on this journey. Man, woman, child, it doesn't matter. <laughs> everybody, get on, get on, go, get on it, get on the get freeway right now. Here. Uh huh. Freedom. Uh huh. Take a right on. Yep. Uh huh. And peace. <laughs> hop on it. Love is a freeway. Love freeway. Take Love it. is yeah, a free uh -huh. <laughs> Love freeway. But just let him get up. But you got it's a, you got to merge. Let him get in. You got to let him get in. I ain't letting him get in. <laughs> Some people are not, not letting me get in. <laughs> Some people are not letting me get in. I I um, I 
I have some friends that just like are not in this space right now, but what would you say to them yeah. to kind of convince them to, well, this is something that we need to pay attention to. We need to look inside. Mm, I, I mean, I have to acknowledge what I felt. I, I don't ever try to convince anyone, right? It's a, it's a, they have to come to it. Mm. If you're living it, that's evidence enough. Yeah. yeah. If you're living it, that's they are aware they 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 can't ignore it when someone's living in it you can't ignore it it's either going to do one of two things it's either going to bring out the real you or it's gonna it's gonna allow you to say okay what is this like the real you meaning like i don't i have a lot of insecurities i have a lot of different things that i'm going through and then you start to see that like why are you acting like this when i say I just got this interview. Why are you acting like this when I said I just lost my podcast? Why are you acting like this when I said, you know, I found I found somebody that I'm falling in love and you start to see reactions. So the the, the real issues that they have start to surface mm -hmm. simply because you're living in who you are. You can't ignore truth. You can't ignore it. Right. It's a flashlight in the cave. You can't ignore it. So I would say there's no convincing, only an invitation that if you're living if you if you're living it and starting to live it and to do it if someone sees your life changing they're going to want to know what you did to get your life that way and then that's that's where you allow the space for the invitation of well if you really want to go on this journey here's what I did for me i don't know what it's going to be for you but here's what worked for me to get on this freeway to get myself going in this direction and if you want to you might have to let go of some things Right. Or people that, are, that you're <laughs> Dre is ready. Dre is ready. Dre is waiting to have this conversation in and here. See the, the pettiest <laughs> sip of life. <laughs> the pettiest sip of life. Or people. <laughs> you caught then... that. You caught that. <laughs> I'm interested in what started the journey for you. I just started this journey of self reflection and understanding myself, looking inward for what the problems could be. It sounds like you've been on this journey for a little while now. What was it that triggered you to start to look inward? Was it, was it a job loss? Was it a breakup? Was it something that happened in your life that made you think, oh, wow, this, this could be happening to me. Maybe I should look inward. What was that thing for you? So it was literally like a combination of all those things in a matter of months. I think the first thing was I had got off. I just did a big dance job. I was, I used to dance. I just got off a big dance job and I've told this story in so many interviews, but it's, it's really a pivotal moment for me because my career for a long time was professional dancing. So I thought I was a dancer. This is what I'm going to do. This is my profession. This is what my life's going to become. And, but I also ignored this feeling of I'm not happy. Like, I'm just not happy with my life. I'm not really that thrilled about it. I'm kind of just going about it as if I'm in construction or something. <laughs> like, But I had all these experiences. And I remember leaving the stage, feeling unfulfilled. Not that the job was bad, but feeling unfulfilled. And that was the beginning of, well, what, who am I? And what do I really want to do with my life? What lights me up? What am I excited about? Um... I went through a really interesting situation with a young lady that I put myself in because I was just seeking any relationship to cling on to in, in any way. It was, it was very physical. It was not romantic. And the evidence of the lack of health and the, like, the, the lack of how healthy the relationship was 
because I don't want to call it toxic. I just think it was two people who, who were trying to fulfill a part of like fulfill something that they didn't, that they couldn't get from the other person, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it's not, I don't think it's necessary to throw tacos on everything that's just not for you. Um, so I was in that relationship and then that went super south. And then I was like, okay, just stop, just stop everything. Your career is not what you want it to be. You're definitely taking up space and time for someone who wants a relationship with you, but you don't want a relationship with, what are you doing and who are you? You're not Hollywood in the sense of the idea. Mm-hmm. You're a Texas boy through and through. You are a country man who wants a simple lifestyle, but also like loves living in a city where opportunities are vast. I said, I'm gonna go home to Texas. And I'm gonna do some, some self-discovery. I'm gonna pull myself completely out of this life that I've created for myself since 18. Pull myself out of it, go home and reset. And it was exactly what I needed. And that's what, that's what got me on the journey. That's when New Agents was birthed. That's when I started to see like the simple acts of kindness, like waving to a stranger meant something to people. Like not just being like head to the ground, hustle mode, hustle mode, hustle mode, but what they would consider common courtesies. Thank you. Excuse me. Let me hold the door for you. I was like, I don't see any of this in LA. And it's not because people in LA are rude. I think the culture has allowed certain behaviors and didn't really give room for us to really understand like how to live together. Cause everyone's so, everyone's so coming and going here. You move here, you, you, you move here, you move out. You know, people are visiting. There's, there's lots of people coming for vacation. So there's no way to really create a solid way of living in a culture here in, in Hollywood per se. But it takes people who want to see a difference to make that difference, to then be the person who holds the door, who pays it forward, who pays for someone's coffee at Starbucks. You start to see a shift in, this, in the city. You start to see a, a shift in how people are acting and what does LA life look like for a lot of people. You can really shift it by making that shift on yourself. So that's what I I had to get out of Hollywood to find me to come back and be me in Hollywood. Right, right. Thank you for telling me that. And it, there's something about going home or going back to where you're from and your family and the food and the smells and the the tree yes. where you you know yes. there's just there's just yes. something about that that's like resetting. Yes. It, like I am. I don't live where I grew up. I grew up in a place called Scarborough, which is you know, that's where like the weekend is from and, and, you know, Mike Myers and a bunch of different famous people from Toronto are from Scarborough. And it, uh, it's home to the largest demographic of, of uh, multicultural families in Ontario. Mm. So if you can imagine growing up in a place where there's black and brown and Asian and different kinds of sectors of those races. There's Goins and there's Australians and there's New Zealand, all kinds of things. I'm in Toronto now. There are not a lot of people that look like me. And sometimes it's difficult to, <laughs> sometimes it's difficult to find your place, especially when you're working in, a, in an environment that doesn't necessarily foster who you are. And, and you kind of lose yourself a bit. And then you, it, it takes you going home and talking to the people that know you and love you 
and going back to that place, going back to my old room and just reminding yourself who you are. This is why I have over my shoulder. Don't forget who you are. If you, I don't know if you can read that, mm. you know, yeah. because it's just like, keep it in the top of your mind, just always remembering who you are. And it's, and I'm really glad that you went through that journey and went home to Texas and, and uh, remembered who the heck is Brandon Alexander. Cause yeah, who you are is, is a part of who you're becoming. They're not two separate people. Right. I think a lot of people feel like when I move away from home or I move away from this or that part of my life is done. It's like no, there's something about you that is your that is your cornerstone, that is your foundation, that is your beam, that everything you become is going to be built on. Right. And it's those foundations of how did how, how were people back home? How did they see how did they see me? How did I treat them? And how do I take those things with me? as I start to mold and shape and unfold into this man that I see myself being, that I see myself, the kind of father I want to become, those memories and those things are now going to be um, transferred to your kids. They're going to be transferred to your marriage and your relationship. They're going to be transferred to every friend you, you, you meet from, you know, here on out, who you were at five and 10 and 15 and that, that fight you got into and that baseball game you went to and that girl that didn't kiss you in second grade, all of those things are going to become parts of and play a major part in what happens next. And, you know, this actually reminds me of something that you said earlier I wanted to touch on. You said the, the inner child. Mm -hmm. You mentioned the inner child and seeking approval from your father and things like that. I think that the, the inner child syndrome, we'll call it, is a major issue, especially in the male community, because a lot of us don't even know that. A lot of us don't even know that, oh shit, I'm just trying to fill a void that I didn't get from my mother. I'm just trying to yeah. fill a void that I didn't get from my father. How do you even begin that journey to discovering what is the wounded child inside of me trying to say? What does he mm. or she need? Yeah. And how do I begin to, to resurrect and, and even fix that? That was the thing about happiness. Like happiness for me was like, what did I like when I was a kid? Because if I don't know now, I don't, the only point of reference I have is when I was happy. So when was the last time I was happy? Okay, I was a kid. That was the beginning of the conversation for me. Okay, I used to love drawing horses. So I would draw horses. I would draw them running. I would draw, draw them in trees. I would draw them in the wild. I would draw them in herds. And I started drawing horses again. And I was like, wow, this is kind of interesting that even at 23, 24, 25, when I was doing it, it's bringing me that same kind of happiness. So there must be something in me that never died. Mm -hmm. So then what was it that he was looking for? What is it that, what was fulfilling? What was exciting for him? And if I can feel it now, then he must still exist. And that was the, that, that was the light bulb that went off. So then I started asking questions to myself. When was there a time when I wanted love and I didn't get it? I would fill in the blank and then give it to myself. When was there a time when I didn't feel safe or provided for? Fill in the blank. Right. I would give it to myself. But then when we talked about you know, internal and, and evidence, 
I would then see what would happen when I would give it to myself, what it would do for me as the man today. And the kind of like reassurance and peace to where I wouldn't send that text at 10 o'clock about like, what you up to, what you doing? I wouldn't go drink that fifth glass of whiskey. I wouldn't go, I don't smoke weed, but let's just say for the sake of that, I wouldn't go get high for hours on end. I'm not knocking these recreational things, but people use them as ways to mask what they're really feeling and what they're going through. So when I was finding these things to mask and, uh, and to, to really escape whatever I was going through, when you start to heal that child, you find out that you don't need as much as you think you do because you start to heal each part of you. Wholeness doesn't mean that cracks never existed. And I think that's part of the journey that I would love for people to really understand is that you're on your journey to wholeness, but that doesn't mean those cracks that were there never existed and don't make whatever this is still a part of you. So that's what it was when it came to, 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 to discovering the inner child and what cracks lived inside of me and how could I fill those cracks with the love that I needed and not something temporary that in a matter of moments could be gone and that crack was exposed again. How do you, how do you identify? I'm a guy, I'm in a relationship. I don't necessarily know why things are going bad. Let's say just generally speaking, how do I identify the thing that I'm craving in this relationship is really something that I need to give to myself and it's my wounded child speaking, or it's just something that maybe my partner or my work or my living situation isn't providing for me that I need to improve on. How do I identify that it's my inner child that's wounded instead of it just being an external thing that I need to maybe correct? I mean, I look at my reaction. I look at the reaction to it. Is it from a, like, is it from a place of hurt? Like when you look, when you look at your reaction to something, that initial sting or that initial like, that initial feeling you get when, like, let's say you want your girl to come to tell you you look good today, right? I'll use that as an example, right? The validation of you look handsome, right? You put on like a really dope shirt, some pants, some shoes that you like, y'all look fly. And you walk by her almost in a sense of, you'll be my and she says nothing. And now you, will, you have a reaction to it internally of, well, why didn't she say anything? And now you're bitter, you're sour about it. That's when I would look back and say, you need to look at what's, this, what's coming up for you in this moment. And then if you, if you, if you look at it, you will see the, the rabbit Red, hole or trail or whatever. <laughs> Breadcrumbs, there it is, you've seen it. I can, I, seen yeah, it. I, I, I knew where your mind was going. <laughs> you can see the breadcrumbs of the time where at five years old, you were told you were ugly or you didn't feel handsome enough, or you got a bad haircut and you were made fun of, you will see where this, people call them triggers, if you will. You were triggered in that moment. It triggered you to a memory or a trauma from the past. Those are the, the moments that you should pay attention to is when you react like that. Same thing with a job. You know, you don't get the promotion. Someone gets promoted above you. But then you start to look at your dynamic with your older brother or your younger sister where they kept getting everything and you tried your damnedest and your hardest to constantly look for mom and dad's approval. I'm bringing home straight A's and doing this, I'm doing this, but she just got a new bike, but she went from a, a C to a B. How does she get a new bike? 
if you look at when that guy that you see barely working always on his phone getting a promotion and you're still busting your ass and you're still getting the same money, you'll see the correlation to the two inside of you. But if you're like, if I'm really doing my work because I want to do good work, then what happens with him won't matter to me because I know that I'm doing good work. And you need to give that to yourself instead of seeking that externally. And you got to give it to yourself. Now, the second part of this, because you're asking about um, the the child, the inner child, and then if you actually need it in a relationship, because I'm not taking away from the fact that there are things that are unrelated and you just have to have the ownership to ask for something that you need from someone or ownership that, no, I really would like a promotion because I think I've put in X, Y, and Z and I know my value and my worth. And if we, if I can't get that here, then maybe it's time for me to go to another job, right? But I think that place can only come from in a healthy way. If you understand, is this something in me beyond the promotion? Is it, is it okay, it's not a childhood thing. I really just feel like I'm worth more. I can now go to my boss in full honesty, integrity, and transparency with clarity that I believe I should be earning more and, I, and how do we go about getting there? And if you can't do that, I am so okay with leaving this job because I know that I'll go get what I feel like I'm worth and I'm valued for over here. And I think a lot of people are afraid to do that because of their childhood things, scarcity. If I leave this job, I won't have enough money. So I have to stay here and put up with this kind of whatever because if I leave, I don't know what's going to happen over here. Yeah. So I think it's, it's definitely a twofold thing. Feeling alone, not having that, that, that thing there that you, that you know is in front of you, uh, having you the know. confidence yeah, that you know. I think the, the inner child thing is, is something that women don't necessarily deal with as much as men do. We've, we've mm-hmm. been conditioned to kind of stuff that down and not think about it. And it's, it's, sure. created, it's created this almost like subculture of man-child hate or like men hate. And I feel like I've said this to a, a few girlfriends of mine. It's like, I feel like there's like a silent gender war going on right now. I feel like a lot of women or women that I've spoken to um, intimately or not say kind of jokingly, I hate men, men are whack, men are this, men are that. And it's, I don't, I don't really know how we got here, but it's almost like being a nice guy is, is not, is not what they want, but they do want a nice guy. And it, it, women say chivalry is dead and like all these things. How do you feel about the, the hatred towards men lately? And do, do you think, do you agree with that? I, I mean, that's what I think. Do you agree that there is like man hatred and like, where do you think that's coming from? I, I don't, hatred, no. I think what they don't, people aren't knowing how to ask for what they, what they are wanting. Right. They don't really know how to ask for, please show up for me. Please show up for society. Please show up for kids. So when I hear there's no more good men, what I, I hear, we need more good men. Can you be that? Can you be that good man? Right. Chivalry is dead. I really wish there was a guy who would just hold the door open when I walked into Starbucks, not sexually, not romantically, just because he wanted to be a good man. He would hold the door open and show me that men were different or some men were different. And so I, I don't believe in hatred. I believe there's a lot of hurt. And what we're hearing is the hurt 
of a lack of men being able to show up in a lot of ways. When the men came back from the war, when a lot of men came back from the war, like the Second World War and all that stuff, we, that was the beginning of a, like a fatherless generation because those men went and did things that they could never talk about. They didn't have the, the, the resources for their mental health. They shut down. They became the go to work paycheck. I better come home to a clean house guy because they didn't know how to process. That's not all men. That's not all fathers. It's a very, it's a very, it's a, it's a generalized statement that majority of people, when you look at masculinity and the shift in it, mm-hmm. what happened to those men, what we're doing is we're now turning the table to go from men who weren't talking, weren't being vulnerable, weren't being emotionally available, weren't sharing the workload as far as like dishes, laundry, whatever you want to call gender roles. We have more men now that are willing to do that and are pushing it forward. But that doesn't come without the effects of generations of hurt of women, hoping that men would change, hoping that men would shift, hoping that men would be different, and then getting the same thing that they always got. So all we can do is be the evidence that there is a change, that men are different, that men can be healed and whole and healthy and move forward from that space. Absolutely. I completely agree with you. And I have a little sister, right? I try to be an example for her and try mm. to show her like, look, this is what men are supposed to do. Yes. Cause, and I'm not just going to tell you, I'm going to show you, this is how I'm treating my girlfriends. This is how I'm treating my, my, my coworkers that are female or that are women. Um, and so at least she understands that out there, there are still good guys. Cause my brother's a good guy and I can't mm-hmm. allow myself. I'm hoping that I'm sending the message to her that I, uh, I can't date a guy that's less than him. I can't. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's sort of my way of, of trying to do, trying to be the change that I wish to see. Yeah. And, I, and what's, what's so beautiful about that is you may not see how much of an impact you're having. No. I, like I, you, may not, you may not even understand how much of an impact you're having because what happens and i've seen this with certain women i've talked to about this is they'll go out and they'll have an experience with a man and you have become the gauge you have become the benchmark you've become the standard and internally you've already conditioned her that how i should be treated and the second she's not treated that way she's probably going to be like "Mm mm-mm that's nothing like how Dre treats me. The way you talk to me, it's not loving. It's not kind. It's not warm. It's not affirming. I'm not a fan. You didn't get my car door. It's not that it, he had, but like, I'm, I'm paying attention. Okay. How you listen to my thoughts and ideas and do you welcome me in that space as an equal? And if you don't, I'm, I'm noticing this because my, my brothers have created what it is that I the kind of behavior I am worthy of, the, the kind of treatment I am worthy of, not even deserving. I've been switching out deserving with worthy, worthiness, but what I am worthy of. So continue to do that. Continue to show her what she is worthy of, that kind of treatment, that kind of evidence in your relationships and how, whether you stay with that person or not, dating is, is just an opportunity to see if this is a good fit or not. So how you even handle breakups 
is evidence to her of what a healthy breakup would look like. How do you handle conflict and confrontation? I am curious though, are, are your parents still together? They're not together anymore, no, no. But they have, they were when we were growing up. Uh, it's actually a funny story, not really a funny story. It's just an interesting story. They were together till we were uh, in our late twenties and then they separated. For you, do you, when you, I know this is more, <laughs> you're supposed to be like, I have a question. No, 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 please, please. Um, is your example an example of what your father gave you or an example of what you didn't see? An example of what I didn't see. So um, the way that I have approached my relationships is I've looked at what I didn't get and I've looked at what I hadn't seen because I hadn't seen, and I talk about this with some of my friends is that we don't have very many examples of successful relationships, especially, especially in the black community, right? Even on TV, right? We, we, yeah. There aren't very many examples of successful relationships. So we almost have to think about, okay, well, what are we not getting? And we don't have an example of how to give that, but we try our best. I do at least. So that's right. kind of the approach that I've taken. Um, and uh, some other friends I have, they, they've had less examples than I do. At least I had a dad, right? Mm. So I at least understand love in some form. It may not be the correct way, if there is a correct way that exists. But it's been, okay, this didn't feel good for me, so I'm not going to do that. That didn't feel good for me, so I'm not going to do that. This doesn't seem like it's the correct way to let somebody know that you care about them, so I'm probably not going to do that. And, and it's almost like some, some, uh, addition by subtraction. I totally admire your, your willingness to be transparent right now because as you were talking, I lit up. Because like you said, it's not about correct way. Yeah. But in your speech, I could hear the willingness for healing. And not just in yourself, but even others, mm -hmm. right? I'm going to allow myself to then water a soul that may not have been watered a particular way. Mm -hmm. You know, I want to support your business. How can I support your business? Okay, let's talk about, let's map out the game plan. I'm going to be here with you. You want to go out for ice cream? I'll take you out for ice cream. That's great. Like, I can hear this in your voice. I don't even know you, but I can hear the willingness to be there for people in a particular way that says, you're worthy of love. You're worthy of time. You're worthy of above just like my presence. Because you're a big guy. Your presence, you could walk into a room, but hey, great. <laughs> And they would feel you. People would feel your presence. Yeah. But what's even greater is that your heart is so much bigger. Thank you. Thank you for, for seeing into that. It's not something that people see right away. It usually takes a little while for people to get to know me. Um, but the way that I approach my relationships, platonic or romantic, is mm -hmm. how can I provide? How can I, how can I add value, basically? Yeah. Right? Not just yeah. necessarily giving, 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 but how can I add value to your life? Okay, yep. you're starting a business, great. How do we get it to a million dollars? You know, or you have friends in your life that you need to communicate better with? Okay, great. Well, maybe we can look into some seminars or we can, hey, there's this great page, Men Talking Shift, or, you know, New Age Gents, and maybe we can see what they're talking about. And, but yeah, that's absolutely the approach that I take to relationships. And it's, it's helped me forge more genuine connections 
a lot of my guy friends, and I haven't, I haven't gotten into this with you, but a lot of my guy friends, especially now, this is something that happens in life when you reach a certain point. For me, it was 30 plus. I'm 34 right now. Once you hit a certain age, 32, you kind of refine the people around you and you understand what you like, what you dislike, what you need, what you don't need, the kind of energies you want around you. And when you figure that out, everything around you changes because the people that you have around you are just, <laughs> why are you dying? <laughs> it's just the people that you have around you are only people that are going to help you become a better person. And you're going to do the same thing for them. And my friends and I can have these conversations. I won't say any names just in case they're watching, but I have very vulnerable conversations with some of my guy friends about this is how she's making me feel. Okay. Well, my question to them is, what do you think you're, the first question I ask some of my guy friends when they complain to me about their girlfriend or a work situation is, what do you think you're doing to contribute to this? What do you think you're doing to contribute to your situation? Because it's not just, it's not just your boss sucks. It's not just your girlfriend sucks. There's something that you're doing that's bringing that out of them and it's causing this misalignment. So what's happening? And then it starts this conversation and we get into it. I've had a lot of that in the last four or five months is why I'm laughing. Oh, okay. I've, had, I've been living that out. And, and that's why I've been having this amazing conversation with Shane because he talks about clarity and he believes in clarity. And he's like, this is, this is the beauty of clarity. When you get so clear on who you, who you are, a no will be so clear to you that you can, it's a no. And even though you might've said yes to it initially, you can say, actually, you know what? This isn't, this isn't for me. Mm -hmm. um, or you can look at something and say, that's a yes, that right there, that is a yes, that is a clear yes for me. And I, I can, I can give myself to it and never look back. Right. Um, that's the beauty of, of, of clarity. And we were, we're not, we don't have to really fully, fully dive into this, but when I talk about the horses saying yes to this has brought friends of mine back around who have never gone horseback riding. Now they've gone out with me. It's brought me new friendships and people that I, that I felt, I feel deeply connected to in a very real, 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 real way. In the midst of a time where people feel distant, all because I decided to say yes to something that as a kid, I felt like my lifestyle said no to. We didn't have the money for it. So my, everything in my life was like, you're not getting a horse, you're not riding a horse, you're not gonna get on a horse, this is for rich people, that's not you. And when I took my own life by the reins, pun intended. I said yes to me. I said yes to a dream. I said yes to a goal. I went after it. And the, the evidence of that this is what I'm supposed to be doing has been surreal. So everything Dre is talking about, whoever is listening, is so real that when you have clarity and when you take the time to look within to get clear, wipe off those glasses and those mirrors that are in your heart and in your soul about certain things how you spend money, who you spend your time with, how do you spend your time alone? When you get clear on those things, yep. you start to be able to see everything that you want in your life, that you don't want in your life, what is serving you, what's not serving you, how can I add value and what's not adding value in my life? And from that space, that's where the healing happens. That's when the healthy version of you that comes out. That's when the true version of you comes out. And you will look up and you won't be looking at, well, my girlfriend sucks. My boss sucks. My car sucks. This apartment's whack. Why can I have this? Why can I be like this person? 
none of those thoughts will exist. Yeah, absolutely right. And it changes when you get clear on that, just like last kind of point on this, when you get clear on that, it changes what you're attracted to. Yeah. Because when you're not in the right space, when you're just in a, maybe not a dark place, but you're not clear on who you are and what you want. A fog, I call it a fog. A fog. When you're in a fog, you're attracted to the wrong things because you're not clear on who you are. So you're just attracting all of the wrong things. You don't know they're wrong until you, right. until you, you know, you get with them or whatever it is, you, you align with that job. And yeah, it just completely, your whole world completely changes. So whoever's listening, self-reflection, understanding yourself, understanding that inner child, mm. understanding what he or she needed when you were younger and giving that to yourself now when you're older, absolutely is the key to happiness. Uh, I know you don't have a lot of time. I want to get you out of here, but I had, I had reached out to a couple of girlfriends of mine and I said, Hey, I'm talking to this dude, new age gents. We're going to be talking about guys and, 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 and vulnerability and things like that. So I said, throw me some questions that you think do it. I could ask him. And uh, I had a couple of questions. One of them is, is from my friend. Um, I'm not going to say anybody's names, but she said, how do women help create safe spaces for men to be vulnerable? Oh man. Okay. This is really, this is right on the tip of my tongue. When he wants to share thought or emotion, don't be quick to fix it. Don't be quick to, to, to try and get in there, allow him the space to process, to work through, to share openly and listen, listen. One of the times that I don't feel safe is when I don't feel heard. If I don't feel like you're taking the time to listen to me, I don't feel mm -hmm. safe anymore because my heart's not safe with you. You're hearing and filtering everything I'm saying to you through your hurt, through your story, through your little girl wound. It's not bad. I'm just telling you, I don't feel safe and I'm probably not gonna share much further than this. Listening with and not taking things personal, I think is the biggest key to creating a safe space for men to really share and be open with you. Thank you. The, the second one isn't really a question. It's more of a statement. And she said, good men don't exist anymore. Prove me wrong. Prove Where me are wrong. they? Where are all the good men? Really? I guess I can turn that into a question. Where are all the good men? I can't prove anyone wrong who is not willing to look. If, you're, if your perception of life is that, then all you will see is that. If I want to believe that the sky is red, I don't give a damn who tells me it's blue, but it's red and it's falling. Yo, it's not, it's blue and it's perfectly fine outside, but it's red and it's falling. If I want to believe that's the power of belief. Mm -hmm. If that's all I want to see, that's all I'm going to see. So anyone who wants to see the good men in the world, you have to be willing to look for them, to look for the evidence. And it's funny that she's prompting you with this because she's talking to one. Exactly. Hey, thank you. <laughs> you're, I like you're to the, think so. You're the evidence. Thank you. And and last one, it's kind of a loaded question. So I understand if uh, maybe you want to talk to answer another question, but why do men cheat? I think the real question is why do people cheat? That's the real question. Your experience is what's making you say, why do men cheat? But why do people cheat? I've been cheated on four times by women. I'm sorry to hear that. But no one's asking. Yeah, no one's asking the question, why do women cheat? Now, if you want to go to what the breakdown is for a lot of people, you, you, it's, it's based on the person to me. What are they looking for outside of the, what are they looking for that they feel the need that they have to get it somewhere else? Not that you lack it, 
not that you don't have it, but in themselves, what are they lacking that they think they have to go get it in multiple places? That's their issue. That's their drop, their trauma, their, their thing to deal with. It, it, cheating never has anything to do with the person who's being cheated on, ever. I don't care what anyone says. Someone's infidelity, cheating, stepping out on has everything to do with them, their trauma, and their issues. I'm sorry that you have experienced that, but know that what they've done is not a reflection of you and a reflection of them. And I, I think I just kind of want to leave that there because there's not much more you can, you, you don't really need to go into the science of it all because mm -hmm. every person is different and why they do it. I don't know why someone cheated, you know, yeah. but I can tell you that they're looking for something to fulfill a part of them that is empty. Brandon Alexander, former dancer turned... <laughs> men vulnerability blog expert thank you so much for your time i really really appreciate it you know you got up early today i know you got to go out and ride the horses and get your dogs out there gentlemen by choice um let everybody know how we can help support you i want to do my best to support you because i think this conversation is really important i think more men need to understand that we need to look inwards to help support our female counterparts whether they be co-workers yeah. whether they be our sisters our friends just a female a woman in the street i'm trying not to say female i know that that could be triggering sometimes which we didn't really get into but um how can we better support you what do you have coming up if there's anything you have the floor let us know. Mm -hmm. So I currently do a YouTube channel with two gentlemen, John Gorski, Colt Prattis. We have a show called The Refinery. Um, that's something separate than Men Talking Shift. Um, but we've been doing that. We're on season two right now. If you guys want to check that out on YouTube, it's a part. It's weird because I have this. It's, it's on the part of Love YouTube channel. There's that. Um, go follow Men Talking Shift. My brother, Corey Emanuel and, and Justin Riley is something they started. Um, and then as far as me personally, like my brand, I have new age gents, but I, I kind of want to prompt everyone with a call to action. That if you are listening to this and you are a man, the best way for you to support me is by, is by loving yourself and showing up in the world uh, as the person you want to be. That's how we shift. We shift government. That's how we shift society. That's how we shift family dynamics. That's how we create households or not even just households, father figures and mentors for young boys and girls that men can be good. Men are good. Men are gentle. Men are kind. Men are loving. That's how you can support new age gents by literally going out and living it. Buy someone a coffee at the store that they don't expect to have happen. Tell someone they look nice today without having it be attached with some kind of sexual innuendo or obligation or whatever the case on the end. Like, be kind. Let someone go ahead of you at the grocery store. Let someone in on the freeway. You know, you're not in that much of a rush. Let them in. Let them get in front of you. Those, those small acts are what change society, change the world we live in, and ultimately you live a better life because you're living a life that is that is beyond you it's beyond just what you need because you know that i'm okay and i can give i can create i can be so that's what you guys can do for, for me
Awesome. Thank you so much. I'm going to try to do my best. I know that for sure. Um, try to pay it forward. Uh, I follow um, I follow a guy named Brian Buffini. He's actually in LA as well. But one thing he says, and I'll leave you with this, is give it out in slices. It comes back in loaves. Woo! Come on, somebody. You can, you can hold like that. You can hold that. <laughs> <laughs> you can hold that. <laughs> Brandon, man, I know we're going to chop it up again, but thanks again for your time. And this was a great chat. This was a great chat. Thank you. Thank you. Guys, you'll see me in Drake, Calgary Stampede 20 something. 20, <laughs> oh my God, 20 something. Real 20 quick, something. you take you taking a vaccine? Uh, and this was a great episode. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh,